It's extra drama for book number 79, The Long Lost Brother. Gladiators, it's me again, Marissa Flaxbart, here again with Brianna McGill. And did I remember how to say your last name, Brianna? Am I putting a weird twang on it? It's McGill. Um, I have very low expectations for folks' ability to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like saying it with a, some sort of accent, McGill. I don't know what accent that is, but um hi brianna thank you for uh reading the long lost brother with me you indicated in our main episode that um i actually really think your style of having uh read through these sweet valley high novels is really a really cool b sounds very rewarding (laughs) and c is like kind of a nice counterpoint to the way that I am reading them, which is just like very slowly one by one. I actually read, I read the first 50 books when I had my blog. And then I started back at the beginning, reread the first 50. And then now I'm in this like no man's land uh, for the past nearly 30 more books. And we'll continue for many, many more. Um, But it sounds like you've gotten to some pretty exciting stuff that is Mm -hmm. to come. Yes. Compared to, well, first of all, let me just ask you, because I think this is really interesting. Like, what's your selection process like of like, how do you pick which of the books you're going to read? Yeah, so anything that's spooky um, definitely sort of goes to the top of the list. Um, And yeah, really, I did start to become kind of invested to drama that started, yeah, circa the Jungle Prom era when they switched to the like miniseries. Um, So yeah, mostly it looked like, does this seem like a real like really outrageous situation that seems really improbable for a high school student to find themselves in like being trapped in the desert or shipwrecked or a plane crash or whatever the heck happens with the jungle prom or kidnapped a bunch of times um so yeah just really if something really over the top happens um that's a book that i would seek out are you do you you read them at all chronologically or is it just like let's see which one I find my get my hands on next kind of thing um so yeah I have a bit of a a thrift books problem um and so it's really easy to get to any of them so I'd say I read the miniseries themselves in order to figure out when the miniseries starts and then read through those like three to five books um I've kind of mixed it up in terms of the order that those series have been uh, that i've read those series though sure so gladiators this is something that was kind of starting in like the mid to late-ish 90s those books are a little bit longer a little bit more like the super editions except they did start coming out like one after another um you know month to month and they would be usually like three books long right like yeah a little three almost book always arc. yeah uh someday we'll get there it'll be exciting um, but I do always tell people that these books take two hours to read, and that's not going to be true anymore <laughs> once they're a little bit longer. Um, so this actually, I was one thing I was going to ask you about was like, so what made you choose when we were discussing like which one you would read? What made you choose The Long Lost Brother? But I do feel like I have a sense now of what may have made you choose it, but you can say it in your own your own words. 
Yeah, um, like, again, we didn't get a long lost brother. And I think any annoyance you pick up for me in this podcast <laughs> is because I was just so betrayed by the title of the book. Um, but a long lost brother just seemed like a really dramatic thing to happen. Um, but no, we didn't get one. Yeah, like uh, an evil twin no. or something. Or Oh, very much like know. an evil twin. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of... I mean, there are some early books where um, there are... There's some real danger, even not just the thrillers. Even I'm thinking of, like, the book Showdown. It's book 19, where Alila and um, Jessica both have a crush on a guy who turns out to be a drug addict and they're both they're like in mortal danger you know that's the kind of thing that sometimes happens throughout the series and when we were finishing up uh book 78 and we got the tease for this book it really seemed like oh so, you know sarah's brother ruined her life like the one person that can ruin her happiness is her twin brother like ooh, juicy you know but um then the book starts and it's like, oh, Sarah, no, Sarah just has a problem. Like this book is not about, about like I was willing to believe at first that maybe when I started the book, like, well, let's see if, if Tim's going to be bad. Even with the cover, even like as we discussed in the main episode, even with Elizabeth with her hand on his shoulder, all smiling beatifically and him looking so angry, I was still kind of like, well, maybe the surprise is he's actually bad news. But... Mm -hmm. That is, of course, not the not the thrust of this particular book. No. <laughs> um, in in the main episode, you had mentioned that you um, were pursuing like a career in journalism earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even know about your background in social work, which ended up applying very well to this book. Yeah. But you had something that where those two things were sort of connected a little bit that stood out to you, right? Um, that you were mentioning to me uh, during the break. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, I was the editor-in-chief of my high school newspaper, oh um, which really was the apex um, of my journalism career. So, like, I don't want to set an impression that I was, like, real close to making it to the New York Times. Um, but, yeah, so I was the editor-in-chief. Um, and I don't know, there's all sorts of just, like, delightful drama that I think can come along with that in, like, a, I don't know, mid-sized town in Iowa, New high school newspaper um but i think those have been some of the moments in the elizabeth canon that i have felt kind of connected with her it's just like how seriously i took Amazing. being a reporter for this newspaper um but yes it stuck out to me when somewhere in the book elizabeth is talking about how everyone needs to trust tim because she trusts him because of her journalistic instincts mm -hmm. And that's great. Um, and I really like avoiding victim blaming is important to me. Elizabeth gets kidnapped so many times <laughs> and the number of people that she dates who turn out to be pretty murdery is alarming. Um, and so I don't know. I just don't know that if one looks at the, again, I'm more of, I'd say a topical expert of the ones later in the series but I don't know that I'm picking up on Elizabeth being a great judge of character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny that you, the kidnapping thing is something that I have noticed um, and even brought up fairly recently seems to be the area of Sweet Valley lore that gets most like that they have the most amnesia about like the series will remind us 
all the time about, um, you know, oh, Tom McKay recently told Elizabeth that he was gay or he thinks he might be gay or mm-hmm. Elizabeth and Todd had recently broken up because Todd had to move away. But now Todd's back again. Like, it'll give us these details. It'll catch up 5, 10, 20 books within a single book. Actually, I was just talking about this earlier today with someone who was describing the podcast to a potential guest. Someone who'd been on the show before was kind of pitching a new potential guest. Like, don't worry if you have never read a Sweet Valley High novel before. I hadn't either. But every the book... Uh, assumes that if, which, with every volume that someone might be picking it up for the first time. And it gives you like a recap of everything, um, which is, of course, both true. And as we're saying, like the kidnapping angle, especially it's it's as if like th- these books have never forgotten that Regina Morrow died because she took cocaine. But like they have forgotten about all the times that Elizabeth's been kidnapped. And it's so funny to me to hear you saying that kind of from like a perspective of having read the later books, like Elizabeth, you got kidnapped too many times, babe. Like, I don't, I don't know about your, about you as a judge of character. And I say the same thing on this show a lot based on earlier books, you know? So it's like, we've got these bookends of like Elizabeth getting kidnapped uh, or Jessica getting kidnapped. There's a book coming up in season nine called Kidnapped by the Cult. Oh, it's it's a good one. I have read that one. <laughs> um, well, that's that is amazing. Um, there's another book later in the series where Elizabeth, you know, dating a murderous werewolf, um, and then she the books after that are funny because they like do remember that this happened and she finds like feminism to cure herself from her horrific time with the werewolf of london situation um and i did just love um i don't know just her journey into feminism really brings me a lot of happiness that's amazing well she's been dabbling in these books as well um with sort of like a feminist indig or anti-misogynist indignation kind of i'm not sure that it quite rises to the level of feminism but that sounds like it may be something that elizabeth forgets and relearns again later in the series (laughs) but listen and hers is wild like i will say probably like a type of feminism that i haven't encountered in my own feminist pursuits like they start making these like guttural like howling sounds to connect to their like inner power goddess and they come up with like new names for themselves to like reclaim themselves from the patriarchy it is a trip that's exciting well, I can't wait, but I guess I'm going to have to. We have one more thing um, from this book uh, it, it, that I want to make sure we don't forget about, which is that uh, we have a reader of the month. So you have the Kindle edition this time. I have the physical book. So this will not be in the Kindle edition. So I will, I'm happy to tell you that the reader of the month for this month, which was... October of 1991 is Brandy Denton from Texas. Um, All right. I'm not going to do an accent this time, guys. Um, Well, we'll see what comes out. (laughs) Three cheers for Sweet Valley. A gang of witty, humorous, lighthearted teens makes the Sweet Valley High series so enjoyable to read. I've been reading Sweet Valley books for years and loved every book. For fun, I write small adventures about the twins myself. Once at a slumber party, we girls acted out a Sweet Valley book and videotaped it. 
Francine Pascal's style of writing makes me feel like I'm there in Sweet Valley. The characters are so real, I forget the books are fiction. She even covers subjects that teens can relate to. And I like that. There are morals to the stories, and the good always comes out. Francine Pascal's positive attitude is a good influence on today's teens. As my love for reading continues to grow, I intend to keep reading Sweet Valley books. Thank you, Brandy Denton. She even covers subjects that teens can relate to. So thank you to Francine as well for, for, for deigning to even consider uh, such topics in her teen book series. Like being kidnapped by a cult. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, Brandy Denton didn't even know what was in store, for, was waiting in store for her um, in just a few short books. Well, um, Emma, do you have any closing remarks for us here today, Brianna? <laughs> Not to put you nope. on the spot. <laughs> uh, no, this has been super fun. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, kind of nice to talk about things that do tie into like the work that I do um, and really connect with my inner Elizabeth. Yes, yes. Well, I actually do have a question for you. Um mm-hmm. Do you, you mentioned the newspaper that you, mm-hmm. like, there were a lot of issues. Uh, do you remember anything in particular that was, like, a juicy thing to you in your small Iowa town when you were working on the newspaper? Oh, yeah. So I do think there was some stuff that was, like, it. there was a lot of kind of legislative stuff happening at the time that were, like, protections for LGBTQ youth, and I was very involved in that. And so some of those, like, I think as an adult, I even look back, I'm like, those are serious issues. Yeah. Um. The the biggest drama, though, um, I think possibly when I just felt the most rage at something that I had written that I do think has pretty big Elizabeth energy. So the school, like student council, was doing a fundraiser to raise money for the food bank. Um, and I think actually specifically what they were doing is a canned food drive. And so they'd sent out bags and folks are supposed to donate um, cans of food to the food bank. Um, and whichever class donated the most, um, the like heaviest amount of cans, I think, um, would get a pizza party. Oh, wow. And I know. And I had just visited the food bank. Very big Elizabeth energy there, you know, is visiting the food bank. <laughs> and the food bank had mentioned to me that they can actually make money go a lot further than food donations um, because of their ability to purchase subsidized food. And I think like any dollar, they can get $10 worth of food. Wow. And so I wrote um, a editorial about how concerned I was that we were just so motivated by pizza parties that we weren't even doing the kind of fundraising for the food bank that would be most beneficial to them. Um, And I actually do potentially have some regrets around that. Um, But yeah, the extent to which folks were enraged that I would besmirch the canned food drive um, was really next level. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, I can picture the Sweet Valley book about it right now. You know, it would have to have a character that was like a new character we've never heard of, but secretly their family is um, having issues with uh, food security. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and Elizabeth finds out about it somehow while she's volunteering at the food bank. <laughs> Jessica's the one. Jessica and like the cheerleaders are arranging the pizza can fundraiser. Oh, you know what would be cool is if Enid was the one that was doing because then it would be Enid versus Elizabeth, which never happens. But Enid has mm. actually there has been a canned food drive in Sweet Valley before. And I remember Enid being a big part of it. Anyway, I can picture the Sweet Valley book is my point. And I've I've like halfway to having it written too bad. I there's no market for that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as I started talking, like I picture yeah that new food insecure character. Um yeah. But Elizabeth knows what's up um and can probably help. But yeah. Definitely some either, yeah, Elizabeth Jessica tension or Elizabeth Enid tension could be really good. Um, All right. We've got it figured out. Well, now great. we just need to fire up the fan fiction engines and get that going. Uh, Brianna, thank you so much for uh, being my guest here and, and being willing to read a pretty um, non-bonkers book where the craziest thing in it was that van. <laughs> Bless that purple lion van. But yeah, this is delightful, Marissa. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And gladiators, tune in next week. Find out about the girl they both loved. Whoever that is. There is a book uh, coming up in season nine. Um, oh, something. Griffin Mallory is talking now for some reason. Why is that happening? Sorry, just a second. I'm not exactly sure what's happening here. Where is that audio even coming from? Oh coming from my phone that was super weird I, I hit something on my phone and it made a podcast start playing all right i don't know what was i saying um